good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. All right, here we go. Let's do it. Got an hour left here together on the show. We'll wrap up the week uh, together here across the next hour or so. On the show, in the Bureau, the Foreign Bureau Insurance Studio. I'm Matt. Beaver is here. Thank goodness you're here. Thanks for coming by. I appreciate you listening, being part of it, calling, texting. It's been a fun week. Still is. So get them in here. Call or text. I'll give you those numbers uh, coming up. Right around the corner. Well, I got to talking. The show started. I immediately began going like, you know, let's just recap the incredible baseball game I saw last night. And then one thought led to another. I looked up, and it was an hour later, and we had yet to hear from Beaver. Hey, Matt Wyatt. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I talk so much in the first hour, I'm a little out of breath. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) But I have an important question for you. That question is, how was the star crunch? I had a feeling that was going to be your question. (laughs) He's reading my mind. What is it you say, Beaver? Get out of my head. Get out of my head. Yeah. All right, I, I need a review. I'll tell you, Matt Wyatt, it was good. Nice. I I like the Star Crunch. It's still not, I still can't put it up there among my favorites, but okay. it was a lot better than I remembered. Okay. And I would no longer classify it as, I would no longer classify myself as against it. He is no longer again <laughs> the Star Crunch. I, I just, you know, Beaver, I admire you for being open-minded. You know, a lot of people will, you know, hey, I had something one time I didn't like. I'm close to it the rest of my life. I'll never eat it again. You, you gave it a shot. It takes guts. I, I admire that. All right, hey, what about, do you remember a cookie called the Pecan Sandy? Yeah. You big on Pecan Sandies? Uh, it it's been a long time since I've tried one, but I remember I, well, I say I remember. I'm thinking back. Hang on. It's okay. been a long, long time since the Pecan Sandy. Yes, though. As far as I remember, let's say that. That's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. As far as I remember, I enjoyed the Pecan Sandy. Yeah. But once again, I wouldn't classify it as a top choice. Right. You know, if we were able to write a script for a kid's movie based on tasty treats we all grew up eating, and the character you'd have characters, and two of the characters would absolutely be, and they would be good friends, Little Debbie and Pecan Sandy. They would be two good friends, don't you think? Don't you think those go together? Don't ask me where that thought came from. Uh, I want to tell you, the reason I ask Beaver is because today, June the 23rd, is National Pecan Sandy Day. Now, I noticed you said Pecan Sandy, and that actually sounds cooler, but I say pecan. But today is National Pecan Sandy Day. Growing up, that was my dad's favorite cookie. Uh, You know, we all have a vice, you know, something. For me, mine is those 
Beaver, you know, I think I've mentioned this before. Those cookies that they're those nutty nutter butter cookies, the the peanut butter, they're shaped like a peanut. Yeah. What are those called? Oh, you know, it's shaped and then the cookie is actually made to look like a peanut, but on the inside is peanut butter, you know? What are the things called? Why can I not remember? But y'all know what I'm saying. I thought I thought you said it. I thought they were nutter butters. Nutter butters. I think that's what it is. I think it's nutter butters. I think you said that, Matt. Um, in your in your search for the answer, <laughs> you didn't realize that you had already said the answer. <laughs> that's it. And that's them. <clears throat> okay, I did say it. See, it's different than the nutty buddy. The little Debbie nutty buddy is the the bar with the chocolate on the outside. It's to these are nutter butter cookies. They look like a peanut, but they're peanut butter cookies. Man, you bring those around me, I cannot not eat them. I'll finish an entire pack of those things in two days, and it ain't you ain't supposed to do that, <laughs> but I will. That's my vice. Well, growing up as a kid, my dad's favorite cookie was the pecan sandy. <laughs> and... There were even times when, like, my mother would be leaving to go to the grocery store. He'd say, hey, give me some of those pecan sandies. <laughs> he would. He liked them. So, Dad, wherever you are, however you're listening, have one for me. It's National Pecan Sandy Day. Now, there's one other food item that I would like to – this is more of a quiz, Beaver, to see if you know, because I don't – I would not know this. But it also says that today, June the 23rd, is National Detroit-Style Pizza Day. Detroit-Style Pizza. Now, do you know what Detroit-Style Pizza is? I think that's with... That's just like the sauce is on top of the toppings. Okay, he says it's... Okay, he says it's sauce on top of the toppings. Let me read here. What makes it Detroit style? It starts with the crust, deep and thick in composition, and yet light and airy in taste. The steel square pans give it unique shape. Authentic Detroit style pizzas layer the toppings backwards, meaning they lay the gourmet pepperoni directly on the hand stretch dough. Next comes a generous layer of Wisconsin brick cheese spread all the way to the edges of the pan. The resulting caramelized cheese creates an incredibly crisp crust. Finally, racing stripes of tomato sauce finished the top. He nailed it. He knew what Detroit-style pizza is. All those words to say. Toppings first and sauce on top of it. You know, Beaver, it sounds really good, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it sounds pretty good. It's one of those things where you got to go back to the open mind. you got to keep an open mind because it sounds wrong. <laughs> It sounds it sounds decent, like it sounds like it would taste good, but it sounds so wrong because <laughs> the because the sauce is supposed to go under the toppings. Yeah, yeah, man. There's this place up here. I don't even. I have no idea if it's a chain. I don't know that kind of stuff. I, I'm the least foodie person y'all have ever heard from, and so if I embarrass myself to you foodies out there, I really I. I love food. Take one look. But what I'm saying is I don't really, I'm not a guru. Beaver, there's this place up here where we live. It's called Fox's Pizza. 
and they have a barbecue chicken pizza. It's the best pizza I've ever eaten in my life. And I've had a lot of good pizza before. You know, and I, so for me, like, and I know you start talking about barbecue and chicken. It, it's certainly not associated with pizza. The things that are associated with pizza is the stuff we've been talking about, like this description here. Pepperoni, mozzarella, tomato sauce. But this is a barbecue chicken pizza. It's the best thing. I want it tonight. I want it tonight. It's that good. I'm impressed, Beaver. You know what Detroit-style pizza is. I know things sometimes. You know things. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. He wanted to get that disclaimer in there. Let's see what they're saying on the country-pleasing text. Hey, speak. by the way, all right, pause, time out. Here's another thing, Beaver. Annabeth told me that Wednesday of this week was the official first day of summer. Did you know that? Yeah. Well, here's my question for you, Beaver. One of the things that is associated with summer in the South are cookouts. Either cookouts or, you know, I guess we call them cookouts. Other parts of the country, they say, like, well, let's have a barbecue. I'm like, no, 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 stop. You want to have a cookout? <laughs> If you go over to somebody's house, like if they if they were to say, hey, Beaver, come over, we're going to cook some food on the grill and stuff, come over and hang out. Do you, what are the things you automatically assume are being cooked on the grill at a cookout? Hamburgers, hot dogs. Boom. Hamburgers, hot dogs. Every single time. You don't even ask the question. You assume they're going to be there. So, what's the third thing you would add as a as synonymous with as an automatic part of every cookout, if you could add a third thing and everybody would just accept it and go with it, what would it be? Ooh. Mmm. Like as in as in on the what are you cooking on the grill with yeah, it? Yeah. Or? It would just maybe just it could be really any food item, I guess, but if we were to say, if we were to say, the number one and number two automatic things as a part of a summer cookout are hamburgers and hot dogs, what should be the third most automatic thing? Wow, I don't know. Okay, I'm th- I'm thinking potato salad for some reason. Yeah. Just- okay, that's good. Some people would probably say baked beans. You know, we, we some people call them pork and beans. You know, others would say different. See, I, it's totally a fine answer. A lot of people would say grilled chicken, or not grilled, but you know, like grill. You know, what I'm saying barbecue chicken. But I would say, given my recent personal experience, I wish that at every single solitary cookout, where you know it's going to be hamburgers and you know it's going to be hot dogs, that a part of it was automatically sausage, aka country pleasing sausage, on the grill too. And that's kind of what we eat like an appetizer while we're waiting for hamburgers and hot dogs to finish. I just See, that's what I do at home if I ever cook outside. And I wish that was just synonymous everywhere. Even, let's say, even concession stands at all sporting events. You go to a high school you know, football game. What do they got? Hamburgers, hot dogs. You know what else I want? Sausage. <laughs> You're like, what do you think this is, Germany? Well, no. 
But everybody ought to have a sausage dog option or a sausage link option. I, you know, call me crazy. I think it, that actually even makes more sense than chicken. But, but, here it comes, but I digress. All right. Um, see, somebody agreed with me. They said sausage. Scott said steak. He wished that steak was just automatically a part of summer cookout. Uh, real unnamed texter. Country pleasing. Boom. Fist bump. There you go. Doggone said ribs. Gator fan 3435 said chicken. By the way, congrats, Gator fan. Got your team in the finals. It's going to be a lot of fun. May have a pitching advantage, but we also thought the same thing about Tennessee, and we saw what happened. LSU's got a little magic going on. Uh, Earl in – no, 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 this is Flowtown Flo Ghost says, the type of pizza that gets you shot, is that Chicago style? <laughs> it ain't funny. Okay, but it is. It's not funny, but it is. <laughs> Earl in Madison says, regarding Detroit-style, he said, it's delicious, and yet Pizza Hut rarely offers it. State grad 98 says that he always liked oatmeal cream pies as a kid until he realized that they're made with oatmeal. <laughs> yeah, it's in the name. It is in the name. See, when I was a kid, I was not big on oatmeal raisin cookies. Now it's really my favorite. It's either number one or number two. I love them. Ellis Hugh texts the show. Ellis Hugh texts the show and says that banana pudding. You ought to sub the, take the Nilla wafers out and sub it with the Nutter Butter cookies in your banana pudding. He says, thank me later. Buddy, Whew. that right there sounds promising. Thank you, LSU. Yeah, Kenny, don't call me Ken. So what about those nasty circus peanuts candies? And we're not talking about that. That's the only similarity between that candy and these cookies I'm talking about is that they try to make them look like a peanut. I am not big on that stuff. Joe Mailman said, that Pecan Sandy's cookies, today is National Pecan Sandy's Day, are good milk sponges, so they're good for dipping. Um, and White Denzel with a baseball nugget says, On this day in baseball history in 2003, Barry Bonds stole second base and became the first player to have 500 career home runs and 500 stolen bases. Man, yeah. In 2006, it seems like a long time ago. Jason in Flagstaff said, speaking of barbecue pizza, he says, I miss the one that Pizza Hut made in the 80s. The ones in Corinth and Iuka kept them on the menu until they closed their doors a few years back. He said it was actually barbecue meat on a pizza, not a pizza crust smothered with barbecue sauce. He said, there is a difference. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Gator fan 3435 said, looking to repeat 2017. Who won it in 18? Right, because Vandy won it in 19. You didn't have any. I could look it up, but I'm not. But Vandy wins it in 19. You didn't have one in 20 because of COVID. So State wins it in 21. Ole Miss wins it in 22. This is College World Series. And this year, either 
LSU or Florida are going to win it. Matt White. Oh, yeah, what's up? So, <clears throat> Uncle Bill was in here earlier, and we were looking at that. So I actually have the list of champions by year in front of me. Okay, hit me. Because earlier we were talking about, you know, obviously the SEC is about right. to be four in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously you had this year's champion, so that's SEC. Yeah. So you co- you already covered all this. Uh, Ole Miss was last year, Mississippi State the year before that. Uh, didn't happen in 2020, but it was Vanderbilt, so the streak, that started the streak. Before Vanderbilt was Oregon State. Oh, yeah. But before that was Florida SEC yet again. Wow. In fact, once... This World Series is over, either LSU or Florida, whichever wins. That will give the SEC nine college World Series champions in the last 14 years. Good heavens. Nine of 14. Hey, and here's the thing, Beaver. So I, I'm, I'm putting it two and two together now. Somebody brought this up earlier. Oregon State winning it in 2018, that's the one where Arkansas had the game one and dropped the pop foul. The pop the, the Oh, yeah. The pop-up. If they catch the pop-up, they win the World Series, and you're talking about Arkansas has won it. And it would have been, then we'd be on a run of six in a row. But we're not. I mean, that's an if. But thank you for that. That's how close you were to the SEC winning six baseball national championships in a row was a pop-up that Arkansas Bungled over in front of the dugout back in 2018. And had they won it, you'd not only have six in a row, but you'd have a chance to have six in a row from six different teams if LSU were to win. But like uh, our Florida fan on the text line says, uh, Florida's trying to repeat 2017. And what did I see? The stat there, too. This This is the eighth trip to the College World Series for Kevin O'Sullivan as the head coach at Florida. Pretty incredible. And hats off to Beaver Johnny on the spot with the stats we need. Uh, Adams text the show. Oh, unnamed texture. Gotcha. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, David said every cookout ought to have deer sausage. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Somebody else had a vote for um, jalapeno and cheddar, country-pleasing sausage. He says, but something else that ought to be common at every cookout would be grill me some corn. Yeah, put just a big old ear of corn on the grill. Eat that as an appetizer or eat it with your meal. Hog Jowl says, I know this is not for the grill, but he says, I have to have watermelon at every cookout. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, eating outside and Spitting watermelon seeds. <laughs> I love watermelon. <clears throat> White Denzel said, Thanks, Matt. You now have made hog jowls sad. What? Why? Because of the run or what could have been? Is that it? I mean, <laughs> what did I say? I hate it when I make somebody sad and I don't know why. You know how it is. I, when you talk a lot, there's always a chance you may say something at some point that somebody doesn't like. <laughs> there's way too much of a 
of an opportunity for that. Well, anyway, there's a little food. I, I you know, <clears throat> when we're trying to talk for 20 minutes about food, but it seems like it happens that way. But just to recap, Beaver tried the giant star crunch from Little Debbie yesterday. He does like it. He's back on it again. Two, today is National Pecan Sandy Day. I love those cookies. You probably do too. Get you some for today. Now, I don't know why it gets a day, but it gets them. Three, it's also National Detroit-style pizza day. If you don't know what that is, Beaver knew. They put the sauce on top. Instead of underneath the toppings, they put the sauce on top of the toppings. That's Detroit-style. And thick crust. They also said it had to do with uh, thick crust. Four, <laughs> Wednesday was the first day of summer, officially. So you go to a summer cookout. You're getting hamburgers and hot dogs. What else do you want? Every single time, I want sausage on the grill. Put it on there. <laughs> invite me. In fact, if you invite me, just let me know. I'll bring my own. Now, leave me a little space over on the side of the grill. Get that going, and that's what I'll nibble on until everything else gets ready to eat. Bring your own <laughs> sausage, man. Quiet. <laughs> BYOS. This it just reminded me of a, a Ron Swanson quote there, by the way. <laughs> What's he that? He was going to Leslie Nopes for a dinner party, and he said, if I were to bring a large number of deviled eggs that I don't want anyone else to have, do you have fridge room to accommodate them? <laughs> deviled eggs. Put that on the list, too. <laughs> That's great. If I were to bring a large number of deviled eggs, I don't want anyone else to have. <laughs> That's great. Stick around. With you, I'm Matt. Denzel, I misread your tweet. I didn't make you sad. You said, thanks, Matt. You've now made hog jowl sad. <laughs> yeah. Talking about the Razorbacks dropping that pop-up. Man, they were so close. Just catch the ball. Come on. <laughs> it's easy, isn't it? It's supposed to be easy. All right, Kenny, don't call me Ken. He texted me. He said flat iron steak, and he sent me a picture. We got on this subject, by the way, if you're just tuning in, Wednesday, first official day of summer was Wednesday of this week. You started thinking about cooking out and grilling out. Not that you haven't already. I'm just saying, like, you, you, we, we use the term, like, summer cookout or, you know, things like that. So what would you do? Uh, we got on the subject that way, and he said flat iron steak, my smoker at literally every cookout, it's got country pleasing on it. See, and okay, first of all, that's what I'm saying. There's, I've done it enough to where now it's like, if I'm out here, back here on the grill or using the smoker, I'm putting sausage on there, and the the goal is like, I'm gonna eat on that while the other stuff is cooking. <laughs> it's kind of like your appetizer. That's just one way I use it. The other thing is though, Kenny. I walked into Lowe's, I think it was yesterday. <clears throat> I'm not a big grill guy. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't do it a lot. I don't think about it much. And so I don't know the difference between this one and that one and brands and kinds. And I've never been in an argument about, you know, propane versus charcoal. (laughs) I just, I appreciate all of it. Just tell me when food's done, you know, sort of thing. But they had this big thing in Lowe's and and I'm thinking, is that a grill? But it was built so as to have this humongous, you know, flat cooking surface on top of your grill, like built into it. And I thought, now that, hmm, I started thinking about all kinds of stuff, weird stuff. Like, you know what? I believe I could cook fish on that. (laughs) You know what? I could cook eggs and bacon on that. That big flat iron thing on top of the grill that they've got there. It was a relatively reasonable price, I thought. Anyway, I, I did think about that. Earl in Madison text the show. Today is National Pecan Sandy's Day. He said, I like all cookies, but Pecan Sandy's don't even make the first cut. He said, and my wife is named Sandy. Earl and Sandy in Madison. Now... Regarding food, squares with a nod to always sunny. Said you're gonna need some pocket spaghetti too. Yeah. Oh, uh, Charlie. Oh, Charlie walking around. Did he call it Beaver? Did he call it pocket spaghetti? He did. I don't pocket. He had it in the. I Zip remember lock. he had it. Yeah, he had it in a Ziploc, and then he put it down in D's purse. <laughs> I don't think he ever put it in his pocket though. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure though that's what Squares is referencing. So I just I went ahead and hit the sunny music there. All right, you can be a part of the show. I got some stories I want to lay on you here, things you need to know. You can call me that way I get to hear your voice on the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the US in fact means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else right there at Divinity. The number to call is 995-1059. It is a 601 number, 995-1059. Get it on in here. All right, um, here's a story about Brian Kelly. We've had a lot of LSU in the show, and I don't know why it happens that way. Sometimes it just happens that way. Now, obviously, the baseball team having tons of success. Yesterday, they had the penalties that were handed down for Will Wade in basketball. And football got some penalties handed down unrelated to, unrelated to basketball, even though they tried their best to make it seem like it was. Well, hey, we're innocent over here at LSU football. It's all basketball calls. Nope. But that was somebody else. And, of course, we talked about Les Miles earlier that because of those penalties, which included vacating all their football wins from 2012 to 2016, means that Les Miles' official winning percentage is below the .600 required to get in the College Football Hall of Fame. Had that one. So we just had a lot of, we, one way or the other, we've just had a, a lot of LSU in the show.
Now, I will say, too, backtracking just a bit, Louvier did text the show earlier when that came up, and, and I didn't get to it before we hit a break, but Louvier texted and said, eligible or not, Les Miles has uh, about as much chance of being inducted into the Hall of Fame as I do. The guy is a buffoon. He doesn't know whether to scratch his watch or wind his butt. <laughs> well, here's a story about the current. <laughs> about the current head coach at, uh, at LSU, or as the great, late great Bino Cook would say, LSU. LSU coach Brian Kelly heightens push for federal NIL help. Federal help. You know where I'm going next, don't you, Mississippi? We're from the government, and we're here to help. As SEC coaches push for federal regulation regarding name, image, and likeness compensation for college athletes, LSU coach Brian Kelly said Thursday, that'd be yesterday, that the need for action is urgent. Here is a quote from Brian Kelly to ESPN. He says, college athletics is at a crossroads if this doesn't get fixed. Now, hold on just a minute. Before we go any further... Let's 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 uh, consider something here. Consider this. There are people going to go. Brian Kelly's making a hundred million dollars across his contract at LSU, and he's telling me this sport's got problems if we don't fix this paying the players issue. Uh-huh. Really? What would Pete say? That don't make no sense. Okay, there are people who would say that. There are people who would say that. But let's be fair and give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, it's not a personal thing. Okay, Brian Kelly, who coached at Notre Dame. So he's, I give him credit for this. One is he did a heck of a job in year one at LSU with a whole lot of pressure, and some of it he brought on himself by his goofy recruiting stuff and antics when he first got there. But, but anyway, let, let's... Despite all that, he went and did a pretty doggone good job. They came out of the gate slow, stuck with the quarterback. Turns out that was the right decision, all those things. He's won a lot. And he, to his credit, too, he spent a long time coaching at Notre Dame. Big brand, okay, but certainly not the kind of football program in, in, recent, in the recent era that was loading up on players and stuff like the SEC schools were. So he sees it from a couple different perspectives. So let's let's give him that benefit of the doubt and then get into what he said about it. And that's a pretty strong opening broad statement from Brian Kelly. College athletics is at a crossroads if this, meaning NIL, doesn't get fixed. All right. He was one of the ones who went to D.C., by the way, to lobby for legislation. We've heard since then when lobbying went on, what was it, last week or two weeks ago, but anyway, we've heard since then that the optimism for something getting done in Congress is waning, meaning uh, it ain't going to happen. They're starting to get less and less positive that you're going to get anything. So here's where it is. It's all started in 21. Different states, different laws. The NCAA has steered clear. 
don't want to get sued, can't afford a whole lot more litigation. When they do get sued, they lose. That's what's been going on lately. So here's some more quotes from Brian Kelly, head coach, LSU. Quote, we need to do something. There needed to be some publicity behind it, he said. There needed to be at least an education at the committee level where they had more than just California, more than just what California is trying to do. Okay, so he's pointing to California, saying, you know, they're going one way with this thing. It's going to cause problems. Brian Kelly is questioning this proposed bill in California which would, listen closely, which would require profit sharing with athletes on teams that produce revenue. He questioned it by saying this. Where's Title IX in all this? Where's Division II sports? Where's Division III sports? That's the way he questioned it. I, I, I gotta I gotta stick on that for just a second. And we come back and I'll hit your texts that are coming in. We got a little bit of time left this week, but I gotta stick on that for a minute. I'm not gonna go into deep into what the California bill is, but on the surface, the premise on the surface. Let, let's break it down just a little bit coming back. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> Stay cool, my babies. AKA Conan. All right. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stick around. Back. Rolling along with you. A little bit of time left here. Doggone Texas show. And said, Homecoming Queen would have a duck if you came home with a $500 grill. And what? Spending without approval. Yeah, spending that without the approval. Yeah, I, you're right. I, I wouldn't just come home with it. Uh, <laughs> Probably call her and say, "Hey, I'm br- I'm bringing something home. <laughs> well, I spent some money." Uh, yeah. Now Squares brings up an interesting point here. It, it, there is a little a little bit of contrast, I, I guess, just a teeny tiny bit of contrast in that last night incredible baseball game last night between LSU and Wake Forest. LSU wins it. They're on to the championship series against Florida. And then afterwards, Jay Johnson, baseball coach, says, anybody out there in the transfer portal, you can see this is a place you need to come. And then the same day that his football coach says that, um, quote, college athletics is at a crossroads if NIL doesn't get fixed. (laughs) I mean, you can certainly see a little bit of the contrast right there. But now here's what I was going to kind of get back in on real quick. Brian Kelly questioned this bill that's up for, 
you know, it's proposed and up for approval in California, which would say that out there, if you're an athlete on a revenue-producing team at a college, then the college would have to share that revenue with you as an athlete. He questioned it. He said, where's the Title IX in all this? Where's the Division II sports? Where's Division Three sports? Well, okay. L- let me just touch on that real quick. I-, I am not clicking the link here to read the boring details of what's in that California bill. Okay, but it is summarized as a bill that says... If you're a university, you make a profit. <laughs> you, you turn revenue in that partic- on that particular team. You got to share that revenue with the guys on that team or girls on that team. Okay, revenue sharing. And then he's going, I'm questioning that. He's going, where's Title IX in all this? Meaning women's sports, right? Where's Division II sports? Where's Division Three sports? That's his quote. But it... it I, I will say it's okay, certainly, for anybody out there, this side of coaches, maybe administrators, others in, in college sports, it's, it's okay for, I think anybody else, if we're going to bring up the, the, you know, the Title IX issue, Division II sports, Division Three sports. But in regards to revenue sharing, see, it's almost like a Brian Kelly who, again, he is this big-time coach, and and he does have some perspective on it, obviously. And it's people like that who can make strong arguments or make good points. But, you know, you're a football coach who's – you got a $100 million contract at LSU. That money that's paying you is what we're talking about. See, if Brian Kelly were coaching at USC in California – and making $100 million. then this revenue-sharing bill that's up, that it's his money we're talking about. It's the money that <laughs> a big portion of that revenue is going to pay his contract. Well, they're talking about giving that to players. You see what I mean? So when you're in that position, I think you have to be really careful about arguing in which side of it you argue. But, but let's go forward with a few other things. Kelly said that he felt that the legislators that he spoke to in Congress were receptive and understood, quote, the message that there's a trickle-down effect. Kelly focused on the current NIL structure and how it threatens programs that don't produce revenue or have well-funded donors. It's a common refrain of coaches who say the divide between the haves and have-nots is widening. Here's a quote. Look, he says, I think more than anything else, they hear it now, that college sports is in jeopardy. It's not just football. He said, I didn't have to be there. Saban didn't have to be there. We'll be okay, yeah. At the end of the day, the big schools, the big oil companies, they all survive. That's what he said. Now, it notes here that a handful of bills are under discussion, including that idea of a clearinghouse for NIL. But again, it'd have to be national, and it'd have to be federal legislation. Are they going to get that done? you got an election coming up in 24. They're not too hopeful. 
He, though, Brian Kelly said that he's still hopeful. Quote, we'll know by August. If there's nothing on the floor or in committee by the end of July, then we'll know that they can't produce something. And really, when I read it, if I took anything away as you could go, okay, well, that was really impactful or meaningful. It is to me. Because you know that Brian Kelly at LSU, he's talking to politicians in his state, others, and he went up there himself. He's saying, if we get to the end of July, a month from now, and you don't see one of these bills that everybody's decided, okay, this is what's getting pushed forward to, to get it up for a vote. You don't see that on the floor. You don't see it in committee by the end of July. He says, then we'll know that they can't produce something. And, you know, according to him and everything else he said, and this is not just him but others, the, the, that will be a sign in one month from now. That could be a sign of, okay, we've been kind of creeping up to the apex of this roller coaster, you know how it, we're going up. We can see what the is about to happen. It's click, 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 click. We're getting up there to the apex. We get to the end of July and we don't have anything. All of a sudden, let's here we go off the other side. Now we're on the downslope of that that uh, um, roller coaster, and whoosh, off we go. And there's no stopping it. Where you'll have you'll have. All, I can just see it where you'll have all kinds of stuff start to bubble up and break loose over the next two to three years, like whether it's Power 4 breaking away. We're not NCAA in football. We're basically a minor leagues of football. We pay them. They all have contracts. Whether it's a massive Power 2 leagues, <laughs> We're doing our own thing. We're structuring our, structuring our pay of players this way. You know, leagues wanting to do revenue share, others not. I, it's, I just see it as I'm reading the tea leaves. Now, I see quotes from a guy like Brian Kelly. That's what we're going to get to. And, and really, I think I'm to a point where I'm glad that at least for me in my head, I can see, and I'm reading these quotes and reading the two leaves, and I can start to see a timeline that I got about a month more of this. I got about one more month of this, of wondering. Because I believe what Brian Kelly says right here. 2024 presidential election coming up. He says, we'll know by August. His quote, if there's nothing on the floor in committee by the end of July, then we're going to know that they, meaning Capitol Hill and Washington, can't produce something in terms of federal legislation on this NIL front. And if we get to that point, we've got one more month, we get to the end of July, end of July, beginning of August, and they can't produce something, then guess what? I, I don't have to wonder anymore. <laughs> I don't have to wonder. It's every man for himself, every league for himself. And then you start to know who you're looking at. See, right now we're still looking up there at Washington wondering. He is too. Brian Kelly is too. You get to the end of July, you're not looking up there anymore if you don't have something already proposed and get it ready to get voted on. And, and then we're going to know, okay, now we turn our eyes basically almost just internally, our own universities and, and the league they are involved in. 
is the SEC going to do its own thing, or is it going to do its own thing along with the Big Ten, along with two other conferences, three other, what's that going to be? But we know what we're looking at. And whether you don't, you know, whether or not by the time we get to the end of July, whether or not we know the details of how those, those steps and those paths are going to be taken and unfold and what amount of time, at least we know kind of what the end result's going to be. It'll be a full-on pay-for-play deal at some point. And honestly, you know, in terms of actual dollars and cents, I don't know that it, it, that will, when we get there, that'll benefit, you know, probably a lot more players than are currently being benefited. Say how? Well, what were those numbers we talked about in TV contracts yesterday? There's a lot there for sure. Pretty interesting to me, the more they talk about it. Hey, and look, I've, I've picked on Brian Kelly in the past, some of the shenanigans when he first got hired at LSU, but you know what? Hats off to him for giving honest quotes. I don't know that, I don't know that everybody does that nowadays. Well, that ought to wrap it up for us. It's been a good week. For Beaver, I'm Matt. Y'all have a great weekend. See ya.